Welcome to Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro and Matt Mallory. And we have a special guest today, Carrie Lightfoot. She is the founder of the Well-Armed Women as well as an NRA board member. And I'm sure many other things, ma'am, why don't you uh, give us a little bit more info on your background, how you began with, uh, with the Well-Armed Women and, and uh, aspired to be on the board of the NRA. Sure, will do. It's so great to be with you, you guys. Thank you. We'll have some Thanks fun today. Ah. Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. This episode is made possible with the generous support of Saber Red, Got Your Six, PowerTac Flashlights, and Lee Armory. Thank you. Well, you know, actually, I came to guns very late in life. I was like in my late 40s before I even considered owning a gun. I didn't even let my kids play with guns. Wow. So kind of a, I grew up in New York, so that kind of helps explain that a little bit. Guns mm-hmm. weren't part of my world. But um, started the Well and Woman in 2012. Um, I had extracted myself, literally escaped from a violent relationship um, following my divorce. So it's not my ex-husband, so I got to make that clear because he's always like, Carrie, you got to be careful with that. So it's not my ex-husband or the father of my children, but it was a, a man I got involved with after my divorce. And, you know, really after recovering from that whole experience, which is a whole nother topic for a show, you know, mm-hmm. domestic violence or people that profess to love you that then beat on you, kind of a a sick situation. Um, but after recovering from that, you know, it's like, I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again, ever, ever, ever. And so started looking into guns and, you know, as an option for my self-protection and in trying to figure out how to live with a gun, shoot a gun, you know, carry a gun, all those things, there weren't any resources for women. You know, nothing spoke to me. You know, most of what was out there for women was a little, maybe disrespectful, a little, over-sexualized, you know, which really didn't answer my question. So that was really the birth of the well-armed woman. So I really came to guns kind of later in life. And, you know, after the first few years of really understanding what it meant and the huge responsibility to own a gun, the incredible right that we're blessed to have, you know, I started to become more engaged and more um, activated in terms of protecting our Second Amendment. And I also got to see thousands and thousands of women do the same kind of all, you know, kind of get to that place where it's like, this is life or death for me. And I can't let the government restrict it or take it away from me. So being a part of that kind of energy really kind of spurred me on. And um, after receiving a call that um, I had been nominated, thought about it a lot prayerfully. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into that position. And I think for me, I had to really look at the risks you know, the reputational risks, the physical risks, you know, all of that that comes into entering that battle. Yeah. And after uh, talking with my family and praying about it, it's like, yeah, you know, um, God's put me in this place. And if I can be a voice for women, for people, and be on the front lines of that really important fight, you know, count me in. And um, so I mean, I do a lot of speaking around the country, whether it's on specifically for women learning how to use a gun or Second Amendment, Second Amendment issues. I, lo- I love to, I love to talk to people, and I love to have conversations with people. Uh, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a provocateur. Uh, I just want to have 
a really good, healthy conversation with everyone. And I, and I know there's a lot of questions out there, so let's just kind of call that out now. Um, I have questions too, but there's, there's so much yet to unravel, and I really have to maintain the confidentiality of what I have been privy to. Mm-hmm. And disclosing information early or inappropriately puts some extremely significant cases, you know, especially with the state in New York, Mm-hmm. Uh, at risk, and you know, if if New York, if we lose in New York, and with the uh, Attorney General's investigation, you know, into our status, yeah. if we lose in those areas, not only is the NRA taken down potentially, but our Second Amendment right now becomes so incredibly vulnerable. So I'm not going to risk that. So you know, I I'm, I'm not, I won't be answering questions uh, on the specifics of some of what's been happening, but. You know what I will say, there, there really is so much yet to know, and I caution people to making judgments too quickly on, on their support for the NRA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, we can't make a judgment or a decision until we have all the information. Amen. And Amen the members don't yeah. have it yet. You don't have it yet. I wish I could, I wish I could just shout and tell you what I, what I know. Right. But if you all... I just ask, I really ask genuinely just for some patience and, and when we can get through these situations, we can respond in a way that answers more of the questions. So we're not trying to be hands off. We're not trying to be um, difficult, right. you know, and not answer questions. We can't, there's too much at stake. Um, and I'm really confident in that. So I just, I really do ask everyone for a little cushion of grace, a little benefit of the doubt uh, for the organization that really has been the protector for all of us of our Second Amendment rights. I, I, th- I think we've earned that, you know, the years of success and years of what we've done. I'm um, not necessarily all perfect, of course not, but I think maybe we've earned a little bit of grace and a little bit of patience. And so I, I, just, I just ask everyone, let us, let us fight this battle appropriately and without jeopardizing it in any way. As soon as we can talk about it, I'm ready to talk about it. So... I certainly, uh, I certainly appreciate that, and I know Matt does as well. So let's just go ahead and quickly deflect. Yeah, talk about, let's talk about Well-Armed Woman. How, yeah. When did that start? Was that just something you started like at your local club or in your area? When did you decide to kind of, well, I guess for lack of a better term, franchise it? I guess that's kind of what you've done with it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nonprofit. I mean, actually, the Well-Armed Woman is multiple entities, which you know, kind of confuses some people. The Well-Armed Woman is my business. You know, that's my private company. And that started in 2012, and that was with the goal of just providing information to women in a respectful, straightforward, uh, non-biased, I mean, it's biased toward gun ownership, but I knew I was frustrated that I couldn't get the information I needed to make the decision. Because to make any decision, you have to have all the information. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you, if you make a decision before you, before you know what you need to know or know, have the information you need, it's really not a balanced, healthy decision. So... I wanted to do that, so I provided just content to women, products for women, because that's a real challenge, was a greater challenge then, back in 2012, mm-hmm. of finding products that really worked for women and fit into our lives and into our clothing, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the birth of it. And after the first year, it was it exploded. Uh, and interestingly, I started this in a two-bedroom apartment. So the well-armed woman took over my two-bedroom apartment, so there was just stuff everywhere. It was exhausting. I didn't really know how popular it would be um, or how 
how eager women would be to be a part of it, um, but it really exploded. And by the end of the first year, I had, I kept hearing over and over and over again, oh, you know, I don't like going to the range. It's so uncomfortable. It's so intimidating. You know, there was all that intimidation factor and women wanting to train, mm -hmm. but not, not really comfortable going by themselves. Mm -hmm. So I threw out the idea of the chapter program in the beginning of 2013, like, hey, anybody out there interested, any of you women interested in kind of starting a group in your area? And it, 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 that took off. I mean, the, the enthusiasm and the excitement to, for women to get together in their own towns and just go shoot together and learn together was pretty amazing and pretty phenomenal. So um, that was the birth of the chapter program. So that, that is a nonprofit. And so we have 370 or something like that chapters across the country. That's great. And I tell you, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really know how cool this thing was going to be. I mean, I knew it was important and I knew what I was doing was a good thing, but I didn't know how transformational it would be for so many women, you know, and, and to get to see women just blossom, you know, just, Take, taking over responsibility of their self-protection. Mm -hmm. It's huge for a woman. I mean, if you think about it, women have, have always been the protected gender. We've always been the protected ones. And so our self-protection has never kind of been in our DNA. You know, you go back to the cavemen. That wasn't our role. That was the guy's role. Mm -hmm. And so now it's really become a necessity for women to take that responsibility. And so it really is transformational. It's taking them to a level of confidence that they haven't had before. And it's, it's just really an amazing thing to talk to women and hear their stories. And, yeah, empower, empowerment's a huge thing, and your program certainly has, has done a lot to do that. But I think a lot of times, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, a lot of times women realize their mama bear yeah. once, they, once they empower themselves. Within women, there is a huge capability to be fierce defenders, absolutely, especially when it comes to a child or, or to youth. I can say that when my, when my wife, when we had our son, it's like, boom, she was mama bear. Like overnight it changed. And that's a huge transformational moment for women too, when they have children and then that kind of kicks in. I'm responsible for this perfect little being. Mm -hmm. And so, especially when it comes to their children, women will sacrifice themselves for their, for their children. Yeah, right. Definitely. And I think, I think there are, for some women, it's a little difficult to say, to apply that to themselves as well. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To want to protect and fiercely protect your child just yeah. is instinctive. For some women, it's, it can be a challenge to go. It's kind of like you got to put your air, you got to put your oxygen mask on first on the airplane. Yeah, right. Yeah, before exactly. you can take care of the child. Yeah. It's interesting. Coming from somebody who flies a lot, obviously, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we we have um, we have a local chapter that started at the Syrac Syracuse Pistol Club, where I'm a board member. Uh, we actually just had a board meeting last night, and uh, it, it's it's exploded. I mean, it, we've uh, there's tons any anytime there's a meeting there it the parking lot's packed so the, you know i've done pepper spray classes for them uh, i've done gone down into a survival class for the new york state purple palooza which is pretty cool that's and, right yeah, yeah it, that that mindset of um of women you know nurturing i mean that 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 nurturing uh, ability uh they want to give 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 to family and friends and a lot of times you know, internally, they, they give so much, they don't have enough for themselves. So right. it's a, yeah, I, I, my wife and I talk about that all the time. So. Thanks for helping with that. That's great. I'm going to be at the, I want to be at the next one. Cause I said, I'm from New York. So I want to, I want to get home. You're coming to the Purple Palooza? 
Yeah, I, I was supposed to come this last year, but I think my surgery got in the way or something. So. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to be there. I'm going to be flying back, and I probably will be there on Saturday, I'm thinking. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love seeing all the activity in New York. I love it, especially yeah, well. in New York. California, by the way, other end of the country, mm -hmm. has the largest number of chapters than any other state. Wow. Oh, yeah, the, there's a lot of shooters in California. I lived there for a number of years, and people don't realize because, you know, they all they see when they talk about California is Los Angeles and San Francisco, but... Everywhere else, there's quite a quite a shooting community all over that state. There is, but yeah, the women really do help each other. Women are so nurturing, like like you said, Definitely. and it just comes naturally, you know, where they just. They, but I think having the opportunity to go where they know other women are going to be, because I mean, women are so relational anyway. We always do things with other women. We don't, we we don't even go to the bathroom alone. We always have another woman with us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so true. It, they just it's just easy for a woman to go range that may be intimidating to her when she knows there's other women that are going to be there mm -hmm. you know it's, just, it's like a doormat it open or a drawbridge it just lowers the drawbridge so women will say okay you know i want to come i want to come check that out and uh that's great and i i'd like to take a minute to thank you on the record uh if it weren't for you and well-armed woman the first annual national train a teacher day would not have been nearly as successful uh, when we, when Grant and I first came up with the uh, National Train of Teacher Day, we had reached out to Carrie, and she sent the information out to the entire network of well-armed women. And it was like the day after, it was like a hundred people signed up and volunteered, and they continue to do so. I really appreciate your support with that initiative. Oh, you're and, very welcome. Very welcome. It's an important initiative, and glad to get our ladies energized. Our women activate when there's something cool going on. We've got a great, you know, system of communication. Oh yeah. And, you know, we can do the opposite, too. We can sick them on somebody as well. So it's a pretty, pretty powerful purple force. And, and when, they, when they get on something, um, they, really, they really dig in and, and want to contribute and help. So I'm really glad. To help. The, pow the powerful purple force. There, there's a T-shirt for you. I like yeah, that's that. true. That is a good T-shirt. So PPF. PPF. Powerful purple force. <laughs> So what's, what's some things going on locally in your state where you are now that you might want to inform people of? What's, what is the state uh, Second Amendment organization or, or gun rights organization that people should support if they live in your state? Yeah, the AZCDL is an awesome organization. I mean, they are, they are on the, you know, they're on the front lines all the time for us. A great organization. So I'd really encourage, you know, anyone in Arizona, even elsewhere, the more support. I mean, I join other organizations, so you can join if you're from out of the state too, just to show support. Um, so the AZCDL is an awesome, awesome organization. Um, I mean, locally, Arizona, you know, obviously has been historically one of the strongest states. You know, we're a constitutional carry state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't have any serious threats, I think, right now going on. We just got through the knife rights mm -hmm. situation and then the, um, the nunchucks where the, the AZCDL worked on that process as well, worked with that, but it's changing, our state's changing. We've got a lot of, a lot of liberal leaning, you know, non-gun supportive people moving to the state, you know, from mm -hmm. California. A lot of people are fleeing California because it's just, you know, you can't do business there. Same the as restricted. So we are seeing more of an influence. So I think it's important that, especially all Arizonans, you know, really stay strong really nationally, you know, we kind of 
we kind of focus on the big picture and think, oh, we have a, a gun-friendly president, so I don't really have to worry about it. But on the state level, what's happening in states across the country is alarming. It, it's not just concerning, it's alarming. Especially with red flag laws and things oh, like that. God, yes. I mean, they're and just creeping it in all over the country, and we all, all need to be activated. Really. Yeah, we we need to keep an eye on those red flag laws because you're right, they're seeping in there. And a lot of times they kind of come under the radar from the gun people because it's a, it's a Fourth Amendment thing first, but it ultimately can affect your Second Amendment rights. But in those states uh, like in Arizona where you have nothing bad that you have to fight within the legislature, well, that's the time we need to fight hard to take back some of the ground we've lost over the last 50, 50 hundred years. Yes, it's not a time to kind of just rest. I mean, there right. is no resting. For gun owners, there's no resting. I don't care what's yep. happening in your state. There's just no resting. And it is in those quiet times that we can strengthen ourselves. I mean, that creates an opportunity to be more effective because you're not in the middle of a fight. You can yep. be more strategic and more proactive and kind of work, like you said, to change things, reverse things. But when you're, you know, for those states that are constantly fighting, you know, day in, day out, day out, or day in, day out, um, it's just really hard to, keep up with it. And what they're doing is they're coming in with multiple issues, multiple laws, you know, multiple legis legislation that keeps everybody off their toes. That's what's happened to the NRA too. You know, we're getting hit from every angle. Okay. We're the hub. We're getting hit from every, every angle. And this, the strategy in that and the tactic is that you keep everybody so busy fighting all of these different things mm -hmm. that they can't have their full energy focused resources on the main point. Mm -hmm. So you're busy you know, sending people here, dollars here. Um, and that's, that's the strategy. And that same strategy is used on the local level as well. It's like, yep. a, dog, a, dog, it's like a dog pile. Everybody's just piling on once, uh, once they see a little bit of uh, hesitation yeah. at all. You know, yeah. it, it reminds me of George Washington, right? And how he, he crossed the Delaware in, in the middle of winter and on Christmas, right? I mean, that whole mindset of the enemies are at rest, thinking everybody's going to be at rest or when we're, you know, right. we're reloading our firearm, we should be moving. Because if we're reloading, then the other person's going to think that, hey, they're not shooting. Maybe I can shoot. So we got to be, we got to be vigilant. We got to be keep keep the you know keep the fight up. We can't sit back and just say, oh, well, this organization's got it. You know that whole mindset of somebody call nine one one. Yeah, there's no pause. No. Yeah. You know, in your own self defense and in the self defense and of our of our rights, there's no pause. The second you take a pause, they plant something else. Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of uh, training and, and, and whatnot, what, uh, what courses do you like to teach? What courses do you like to, to attend or which ones would be your favorite? And then uh, also kind of a caveat to that, who are some of your, your mentors in the industry or, or, or in life as total to yeah. inspire you and drive you? Great question. I personally don't do a lot of teaching. I mean, I just don't have the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually, were, I actually had a uh, multi-level business years ago when my kids were little, little when you were called Shackley. You know about Shackley, so I had a Shackley yeah. business. So that I learned and I understand the power of training others to do what you do, right? That there's power in that. And that's kind of grassroots, really what mm -hmm. grassroots is. Definitely. So my focus is on certifying instructors. So all of my personal instructional time is, is spent training women to train women. And so I focus on the differences of training for women, you know, than men. Um, yeah. What we teach is the same. You know, you don't have to, the skills aren't any different, but especially for the new female shooter, there are, there are differences and those needs have to be met for her to be comfortable and for her to retain everything or as much as possible. So that's where I spend the most of my time. And I think, I think 
um, I'm sure I looked it up. I think we're probably about 700 instructors that I've certified. Wow. So that's, that's something I love to do. So I, I love training others to lead others. Um, and so a lot of my time is focused on that. And, um, you know, most of the, most of our leaders are NRA certified or USCCA certified. Is that a prerequisite for them to be able to do the, uh, the Weller and Women instructor? Yes. Yes, it is. Or they can have, you know, military law enforcement, the equivalent. Gotcha. Um, because my course isn't a shooting class. It's not teaching you to teach people to shoot the, the fundamentals, the skills. Right. It's more about the differences and, um, meeting the needs of women and, and understanding how, how best to relate to them and teach them in the classroom and on the range. Gotcha. So that's kind of my, my personal focus and then, and then working with our leaders to continue to grow them as leaders. So a, a lot of what I bring to them, um, which, which now it's so big, I, you know, unfortunately I have an amazing staff. We have a great national program director, Marty Stonecipher. And so she, she does all the nitty gritty. She does all the nitty gritty. So I kind of, kind of get to just sweep in and say, hi, everybody. You know, <laughs> so my role is really more of, a, of encouragement and empowering. And so I, I work to train them on leadership skills and building those. Um, I mean, I love going to Gunsight. We have a great relationship with Gunsight. So I think that, that that's an awesome place to go train. They have incredible instructors. Mm -hmm. And just the, just the gravitas of that, look of, of being there is just, is just cool. Um, I mean, there's great training everywhere. What I'm finding now is that there's so many female instructors. Yes. And, and the, those female instructors are going deeper and deeper into what they bring to their classroom. So mm -hmm. they're offering, you know, much more um, defensive, more tactical training. So it isn't just female instructors teaching pistol classes. Right, right. I mean, they're expanding into all the different disciplines and then going deeper with those. And so that's providing opportunity for women all over the country. They really didn't exist before. You know, women that are working directly with the USCCA, bringing, you know, Donna Anthony is one of our gals. She's mm -hmm. an amazing instructor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's blank up in Alaska. So she's doing all kinds of things with USCCA. She travels the country. That woman is on the road all the time. But we have so many women. We have women that have started training facilities. Um, Kim Condon awesome. down in Mississippi in the boondocks. Mm -hmm. um, they're, 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 they're building ranges in incredible mm -hmm. training facilities. So, it, yeah, probably is, is raising probably uh it was probably a couple of years ago that i noticed the huge i was starting to keep track of uh how many students i had that were male or female and it was about 50 percent were women and it was it was a huge you know influx which was awesome to see that um and then it's it's tailored down a little bit over the couple of years but i still always have i mean i never have a class where it's all males there's there's mm -hmm. always always at least one female in the class which i you know I, I love to see that because that just you know it's you know it, it's it, it's a bad time out there for bad guys when uh when women and men are all armed and be able to defend themselves Amen. so and you we know we get thinking. i want those bad guys and those creeps think you know just thinking maybe yeah armed, you know maybe he's armed yeah, yeah. we call it, we call that officer presence you're just in the presence what do you what do you do when you're speeding and you see a cop car Right. <laughs> Slow down. You exactly. don't want to be you don't want to be held accountable to the law. Same thought process, right? You see somebody <laughs> go, yeah, I don't you're on the freeway and like everybody slows down to like 40 miles an hour. It's like, okay, you still can go the speed limit just because there's a police officer there. Right. Yeah. They get a little too, little too crazy. It caused an accident more than the speeding would. Yeah. So. Very true. Super. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome. Uh, awesome to have you on. Is there any, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you can think of? Anything, uh, anything new with the well-armed women that you want to uh, release uh, firsthand on our show? 
we have our national conference coming up in August. So we are getting close to that. So we bring the chapter leaders from across the country and we do seminars and training. We have special guests and all of our sponsors. And so it's a great event. So that's coming up in August. And I'm, everyone is really focused. focused and, and that's located in Arizona, right? This one's in Arizona. We do travel around. So each year we go to a different location. Um, but since Arizona's kind of home, every five years we'll come back here. Gotcha. So it's going to be a little hot, but we're in a location where there's actually a water park, um, a private water park, so everybody can cool off in there. Very cool. That's well, cool. Was last year, was that the one in Orlando, or was, it, was that the year before? Well, last year was in Branson, Missouri. Yeah. Before that was Provo, and then Jacksonville was the year Jacksonville. before. Yeah. Yeah, no, Laser Ammo had done a, a booth there in Jacksonville, and then they did the one year after that, and they said that it was, uh, it was a, a very, very good, good uh, booth that they had. So they were yeah, a lot of interaction. Stuff. Women are eager to learn more. Yep, most definitely. And support our sponsors, so they're, they're very good at that. So maybe we'll come to New York one probably not. <laughs> well, you know, we are behind enemy lines. I mean, we could use all the help we can get back here. Yeah. Yeah, there's enemy lines everywhere. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It just, just seems ours is more fortified with a moat. <laughs> yeah, I just I just spent five days in Boston teaching, and I said, "All right, everyone, go prep magazines with with sixty seventy percent." And they came back, and like I called a couple up commands, and they're empty. And I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute, ten round mag <laughs> limits." <laughs> yes, okay, all right, everyone, yeah. prep mags to full capacity. Right. Uh, we have to be there in those those states. Sometimes I get flack. I'll go speak in New York or in Chicago or something, and they're like, well, "I'm not. Well, how can you step foot in there in that state? And I'm not spending any money there." I'm like, guys, we got to be there. How else are we going to have influence and change things? Yes, absolutely. So I'm glad you guys are doing that too. It's really, really important. Yeah, I've done classes in Jersey and I've done classes in, in Massachusetts this year as well as other places, of course. Awesome. Yeah, yeah lose, I go there with a rental car and a cert pistol. I can't carry my gun there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we lose California and New York, then it's just going to get worse because that's obviously a, a very uh, large population in both those yeah. states. So we got we to gotta stay here and fight, fight behind enemy lines to try to win back some of the, the mindset. And we have to support all of our gun, own, gun owners and the organizations in all those states. Yeah. We can't just go, oh, okay, that's them, not me. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not that way anymore. Definitely I mean, not. It, it's 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 part of their plan and it's just it's creeping it's like a cancer mm -hmm. and so we can't ignore the cancer in in my hand because it's going to infiltrate and affect my whole body so it's the same i, I got cancer in that hand so i just won't use that hand right you can't but just you're not going to treat it <laughs> we gotta, let it run rampant we got to help treat everybody yeah amen Amen. So how can people uh, learn more about you as well as uh, the well-armed women and get involved and uh, be part, start a chapter in their, in their, uh, their town? Yeah, we'd love it. The more, the better, the more, the better. Um, on the website is thewellarmedwoman.com. And that's uh, really the hub. So they can, you can get to the chapters. You can, you can get to me, you can get to everything kind of through that site. Um, mm -hmm. And that's really the best place to go. Social media, we're everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We're everywhere. There's the PP, what was it? P P P PPF. PPFs are everywhere all over social media. So that's, I'm going to see, you got to do a shirt for that, you know, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you just say thought of on meet the pressers, you know, exactly. <laughs> as, as seen on, as seen as on, seen meet on. The there you go. <laughs> yes. I love it. Thank awesome. you guys. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate, I appreciate you coming on. Keep up the great work and thanks for all you guys are doing. Thank you. You as well, man. Okay. Take care. Hi, I'm Burgundy Bomber, and this is Meet the Pressers with Matt and Clint. Meet the Pressers. 
We have a lot of sponsors that made this show possible. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is made possible with the generous support of Saber Red, Got Your Six, PowerTac Flashlights, and Lee Armory. Thank you. Pepper spray is my secondary. Like if I can't have my pistol, I, I throw some pepper spray in my yeah. pocket. And a lot of people just pick it up and they say, oh, okay. And as soon as they grab it, they put their finger up there. And it's like, no, no. It's, it's interesting with practice canisters. If you use your trigger finger, like you're spraying banaca or something, you'll end up sh shooting it high and, yep. and probably to the left. So getting a good grip, just like you would on your firearm, but put the thumb over top is how we want to deploy that product. Yep, just like this. And, and there's a, a couple other things too I'll tell people is the muscle memory brings you back to, especially if you're a female, to hairspray. So last thing you want to do is underneath uh, some kind of stress, be like, uh, ah, then spray yourself. <laughs> uh, jo jokingly, yeah. but you know, I mean, you go back to that muscle memory and uh, the other part of it is you really can't punch this way. It's hard to punch. So as a plan B, if you've got your thumb on here, this also turns into a, you can still punch like that um, or drop it down and punch. So there's always that backup uh, ability because you always got to have a plan B when it comes to uh, self-defense. So this is kind of cool because you can actually deploy it using the same grip same everything as you would with your pistol yes and that's why it's angled like that so it actually gets them in the face if you're pointing at the chest like normal high center chest cardiovascular triangle that up angle is going to hit them in the hit them in the face that's why it looks kind of odd like that but that's designed purposefully um you, you want to give yourself a, a spray of that just for the viewers yeah <laughs> no? yeah i, I may, maybe in a future episode i don't know in the face. When Justin Peters got tased at the USCCA convention, <laughs> he went up a few notches in my book, and, yeah. and now he may he may inspire me to do something like that in the future. Uh, but spraying myself is probably not going to be the no, best that, idea. That's, yeah, it's not a good idea. No, but Justin and Justin and uh, and who else got got it? Uh, Heather, Heather Borland. Heather yep. Borland got yeah. That yep. was something else. <laughs> Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share, and click that little bell to make sure you know when our next show is uploaded. And until next time, you're watching Meet the Pressers. Meet the Pressers.